0: You're listening to The Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus, and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schramm. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are doing well. Well, it's morning as I recorded this. may not be morning as you are listening or, or or checking this out, but I'm pleased to have you here on another episode of the Bible Nerd podcast with me. And today we're going to be sort of bridging the uh, two worlds that I spend the most time in. And that would be the business and marketing world and then the theological apologetics, you know Bible nerd world. And here's how we're going to do that. So what I want to talk to you about is this concept of preframing, okay? It's called preframing in marketing. And I think the way that it will be most easily understood by you is to is to think about it in terms of overcoming biases. okay um, When we are looking at the biblical text, now of course we could we could apply this to many circumstances in our lives. but specifically here we want to know, well as we approach God's word, are we being sure to approach it with an open mind? Are we being sure that when we're looking at a text, we're not pulling something out of that text or, or, or reading something into that text that isn't, isn't really there, okay? That's very, very important because unfortunately, I think a lot of us have been taught certain ideas as we've grown up in different Christian uh, traditions that maybe those traditions have latched on to things or or certain ideas or perspectives but then as you examine the bible for yourself you sort of approach the text with that in your mind already and you're not thinking about potential alternatives and so you might be surprised you know one day you grow up and you and you you know you go to college or or you you start finding folks on YouTube, or, or you start listening to podcasts, and somebody else has a different idea than you had of that text, and it it really ruffles your feathers, to say the least, and, and maybe it actually upsets you. What's an example of this? Well, many different areas we could go to. The one that's freshest on my mind right now, because I taught about it uh, at church last night, is tithing and uh giving you know in general but specifically uh the notion of the tithe you see the tithe was a particular piece of the covenant that god made with the israelites okay it was a it was a very specific covenant that was made there were many many laws in the covenant of course we know that the the jews actually added you know additional ones on to them okay but there were many many laws in the covenant and one of the ways in which god demanded that interaction happen between uh their you know daily lives their daily one of those patterns one of those rhythms was the tithe and the way that it actually worked itself out you see we hear tithe we understand that the meaning of the word is tenth and so many of us grew up hearing about tithes and offerings to our church and giving a tithe now let me just say i have no qualms with calling it a tithe i have no qualms with starting with 10% or just that being the pattern of your giving. You know, giving 10%. Frankly, that's more than a lot of people are doing. Okay. So that's fine. Um, but we have to understand that the what we're what we're doing is not what the Old Testament is talking about with a tithe, because there are some very specific parameters around those tithes. And in fact, if you looked at a standard Israelite seven-year cycle of living okay which if you've read your bible you you understand what that is if you if you go through a standard seven year you know cycle of 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 living as a um as an israelite then you're going to give about 20 percent in total not just 10 because there are actually three different tithes that were collected in different um time periods throughout that cycle and for different reasons. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that the New Testament doesn't teach giving. In fact, and as my lesson last night at church uh, was meant to show, um, it's the opposite. The New Testament seems to be a lot more um, uh, difficult to adhere to as it results to giving. Okay, the Apostle Paul, all throughout his journeys, was was encouraging giving, and, and even placing it sort of in in, in the lens or in the in the, in the viewpoint of how he was giving of his own time, and he was um, giving back by by not requesting any of the money that he was entitled to as a minister of the gospel, but instead working as a tent maker to support the gospel efforts. So this is not a giving on you know a study on giving or, or, or tithes right but how many of us look at verses even in the new testament about giving through the lens of an old testament covenant that doesn't even apply to us okay and and so now maybe if you're a seasoned apologist or theologian or you know you're 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 really into bible study and you know you're listening to this podcast you'll know, maybe this doesn't apply to you. Maybe you're already aware of this, but I would just challenge you. Maybe you're a newer listener, or maybe you haven't listened for a while, and uh, this is something that is has been you've been thinking about, or maybe you haven't been thinking about it, and uh, and this is your great awakening. So, let me go back, zoom out a little bit, and discuss what preframing really is. And then I'm going to give you three of my thoughts on basically how to overcome this problem as it relates to reading and studying God's word. So preframing. Is this idea that a lot of your beliefs about something are shaped by knowledge that you have before you interact with it? Okay. Be it good knowledge or bad knowledge or, or whatever. And I'm not, you know, for you nerds out there, I'm not using knowledge in some philosophically precise, you know, definition. Okay. I'm just saying that you have this awareness, right, of, of something. And then when you approach the text of the Bible, you sort of approach it in that lens. So, back to our example, if you grew up in a church hearing about the notion of a tithe and then you start reading your Bible and you see the word tithes and and offerings and you see these words, you're immediately going to have in your mind that we're talking about the same thing. Now, vaguely, of course, we are. But not precisely. And so a lot of people are surprised to hear that tithing itself is not a new testament command and um again there are other areas like this as as well right so in, in in marketing it's true a lot of times that if your first interaction with somebody is a is a positive interaction then later interactions with them are going to be you're going to view them as a positive person likewise if your interaction was negative then you are going to view them as a negative person so as a practical example in marketing if somebody uh, hears a lot about me and they hear good things you ever heard somebody say this i've heard good things about you right if somebody hears a lot about me as a teacher as an educator as a marketer as a business owner and then they find my content they're automatically looking At me favorably. But if they hear bad things about me, as soon as my video or whatever stumbles across their newsfeed, they're automatically going to think badly about me. And so there are a lot of people in um in like sales and in marketing that are that what they do is they sell from the stage, right? They're they're stage presenters, and but they're not just trying to educate, they're actually trying to sell. As well okay this is a pretty um, important skill to learn in uh, in in that world and what many of them will do because of how important this is is they will have a a introduction video or something that they want played before they take the stage for this exact reason for the prop because they don't know what the announcer otherwise might say he could say anything but if they have this video that plays, they can design that ahead of time to make sure that when you see them come out on the stage, they are seen in that positive light. Okay, so there's a lot of psychology going on here. But again, this is the same thing that happens to us, and it's almost unavoidable. Um, it's it's just right. It's kind of just part of being human, and so it's not something to shy away from. In fact, it's something to say, okay, well, yes, I've seen where this shows up in my own life. And we can pray for the Holy Spirit to help us as we're reading the Bible to make sure that we don't fall into this trap. Okay, so what are some practical ideas as it relates to the Bible that will help us nail this down and overcome this? The first one I would say is to allow yourself to ask new questions of the text. Okay, when Bible study becomes boring, it's because we think we have all the answers, it's because we think we already have it all figured out and for a human right for any of us right that that just makes it uninteresting it makes it unexciting right familiarity creeps in and it makes it to where we're not really excited about it anymore unfortunately it's it i mean it's just it's almost never true that you have a full grasp or understanding of 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 most things um but but even biblically, I mean, the more I study the Bible, um, the more I, I realize how I don't have it figured out. And the more I realize how majestic and and wonderful it is. And if you've never heard of this, it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect, where a lot of times somebody who has less information is more confident in their beliefs. Um, not, not with a justified confidence, in fact, with an unjustified confidence confidence because they haven't asked more questions of it okay so we're not i'm not saying that's a good thing to be more confident in that regard it's actually a bad thing the more intimate you become with something the more distinctions you have in your mind separating a from b b from c c from d the more complex things get but the more you actually know about the subject it's really a interesting and strange thing but if you think you've got a handle on something, there's a good chance you haven't asked enough questions yet, right? Because it's, it's probably more complex, more majestic, and more beautiful than you ever realized. And just to go back to, that, to the tithing example, you know, for some people, it's so black and white. Well, if the New Testament doesn't teach tithing, then I don't have to give. But that's not it. Right? That's, that's not the testimony of the Bible. Now, the testimony of the Bible is, okay, know that the New Testament does not teach tithing, but it, as my pastor says, love requests and grace requests more than the law requires. It is a I mean, if you read the New Testament, you read the exhortations of Paul to these people, the amount and the measure of the giving he's asking for is far and above. That which was demanded by the law Okay. And so it's very important that we begin to ask new questions and that we begin to approach even old ideas with new fresh perspectives to make sure they are right. Second thing that you can do to help overcome this problem of preframing is to study multiple perspectives. Now I remember one of the uh Influencers in, in my life of days gone by who used to say I never read books by atheists, you know, because I want everything I read to be God honoring and God exalting, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, worthy motivation, you know, you want things to be God altering or, or 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 rather God uh, honoring and God exalting. I understand that, but at the same time, if you don't read those other perspectives, you don't know what they are. And if you don't know what other perspectives are, then how can you rightfully judge whether or not they are true? Now, there are you know, ways I can see getting carried away with this. You know, for example, somebody might say, well, do you have to read every text known about every God in order to be justified in making a decision about the God of the Bible? And the answer to that question is, no, you don't. And you say, well, that sounds like special pleading. Well, um, maybe it does to you, but the reality is, is that there are only a few worldview options, broad strokes, to choose from, right? One God, many gods, or no God, okay? And so there are some uh, enough things in common between those perspectives that, to be honest, you could just have an understanding of those things, evidentially speaking, and be able to narrow down pretty quickly. To the Judeo-Christian God, I actually wrote about this on my blog some time ago in a blog post about uh, the nature of salvation. So, so there's that piece of it. There's also the Holy Spirit piece, which is a, a bit more complex. But I, I do think it's been shown that um, that that if the Holy Spirit exists, right, the Bible is right about there being a, a Holy Spirit, then there is a justification that can be had, a what's called a warrant for. Belief in God and even belief in your own um regeneration uh as you know just from the direct testimony of the Holy Spirit, so I do think there is some interesting um work around that that can be appealed to right nevertheless, without getting caught up in all of those weeds right, the right the point is just yeah um you should you should read other perspectives in order to know what they are I mean this seems like something that makes sense to me so for example on the creation issue yeah i mean i want to read some of the other guys i want to read you know uh hugh ross i want to read you know dennis Venema. i want to read william lane craig i, mean, I, want, I want to read people who have uh experience with the world that is different than mine and read people who have a different biblical understanding than mine to make sure that mine's right and if mine's not right I should change it. Okay? That's why I actually love these uh these books by Zondervan, these uh some of them are four views, some of them are five views. I think there's actually two and three view books as well. Um but they're so helpful because they they give you one issue that you thought you knew so well, and then you see multiple perspectives and you read them and you're like, well, yeah, they kind of have a point. Right? That's what I'm asking you to open yourself up to. It's just to make sure that you believe correctly and you don't believe just based on the tradition that you have heard or that you've been pre-framed to believe and then the last and final thing to help overcome this would be to um to prayerfully consider if these alternatives or if the alternative that maybe you're leaning towards are biblically sound across the board now what do i mean by that well, what I mean by that is that if you have an interpretation of a text that works in that text, but then you go elsewhere in the Bible and it no longer works, then, then that is not um, workable, okay? I mean, that is not sound biblical exegesis. Something is off because we go into it with the notion that the Bible agrees with itself. Now, now even that is a belief that maybe you should examine and explore and, and question. Now, I have, and, and in my research, I have come to the conclusion that what I was taught to believe is correct, that the Bible is consistent across the board, that it is inerrant, that it is infallible, that it is inspired word of god and that if an interpretation is right over here then to be consistent that interpretation must stay intact when we go read this perspective of it over here in the bible so an easy example of this is the creation issue where you've got six days presented in genesis one and there's all these questions about the nature of that day and then when you go to exodus 20 it's very, very clear that the framework being taught and and referred to there is a seven-day week with seven literal days, right? And so, uh, again, I've dealt with different arguments to try to get around this, but it sure looks pretty cut and dry that when you've got these days and later they're being referred to as these other days, um, and we're talking about the same time frame, Yeah, it sure looks like in order to be consistent, you're not going to be able to say the Genesis 1 days are epochs and then the Exodus 20 days are seven literal days. No, they're the same thing, okay? And so there has to be that consistency across the board at the conceptual and interpretive level. So I hope these help you. Again, first of all, allow yourself to ask new questions of the text study multiple perspectives, and then prayerfully consider if the alternatives are biblically sound across the board. And I said prayerfully, again, because it's just important to make sure that through this, this is not just an academic exercise, but that rather this is a spiritually informed exercise of trying to understand God's word deeper and what the text really does say. I hope this helps you and i i do appreciate you listening to the bible nerd podcast each and every week i get great comments um from different people almost every week now about hey i listened to this episode or i listened to your podcast and it was really helpful that's so encouraging to me if this podcast has been a help to you drop a review in itunes or wherever you listen i would be super super grateful for that it helps others to know whether or not this is valuable and interesting content that they should be uh, listening to as well and then tell somebody else about it um you know, if maybe you're the Bible nerd in your church, right? If you're the Bible nerd in your church and you think, you know, yeah, I really wish there were some others like me here. Tell them about the podcast. Try to get them started on this. And, um, you know, we're we're still, as far as I'm concerned, we're still in the early days of this thing. I know that over the years I've been, um, I've been off and on and I've been in and out at, at different times. And, uh, and my life has gone through various things, but I really do plan on staying here for the long haul, uh, to the extent that the Lord will allow me to, and give me the give me the grace, and um, the 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 patience to be able to do this. So I, I really I just would encourage you to tell somebody else about it, get them on board with what we're doing here, and uh, I hope and pray that this podcast can continue to be a blessing to you. All right, y'all take care. We'll see you in the next episode.